0: Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, who as a medium and energy practitioner shares stories of spiritual awakenings, spiritual communication, healing energies, miracles, and ways to use our intuition to expand our senses and to reach beyond to the mysteries of life. I am most delighted to welcome today Joe McQuillan author of my search for christopher on the other side who in his search for his lost son found the greatest truth there is the other side is real and knowing this is the greatest gift you can be given in this lifetime hello joe and thank you for joining us on healing from within
1: well thank you cheryl thanks for calling
0: Joe, as my listeners have come to expect over the years, my guests and I share intimate stories, memories, and events that allow us to understand our physical as well as our soul life and to know that we are much more than our bodies. And This seemingly dual nature is but an opportunity to remember that we are spiritual beings having a physical life and experiences the way we advance personally And collectively as we grow in wisdom and in love. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Joe McQuillan will share his journey from the pain and sorrow of the loss of his son Christopher in a boating accident and the awakening discovery and acceptance through mediums, research, and eventually direct communication as he navigated his personal bridge to the other side. Joe, I always love to ask my guests, because I get the most wonderful (laughs) answers to
1: this,
0: (laughs) and they're always different, to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have been meaningful to them and may have even offered them or others around them a glimpse into the life they would embrace as an adult. Because I feel we are born with a destiny, and a time to come and go, and people and places to explore, and that nothing is random, but offers us opportunities for personal growth. So think back to your own young life. Sure. Sure. So who comes to mind? You know,
1: I, I think one of the things is the the, the the you know, being from a big Irish Catholic family. There's a lot of uh, uh, people that I've loved to have already crossed over, um, and so you know the ones that I, I think the experience that I felt as a young man that I knew who I could trust and love um, rang true with the as they crossed over, they're the, still still the same people that I'm still missing, loving, and caring about. So there was an instinct that that I think told me, you know, whether it's soul family or just a love connection. Um, you know, who who was there for me, who was going to be continuously there when I cross over. Isn't Um, that,
0: yeah, that's so lovely. That is so lovely.
1: Thank you.
0: And, and, and not everyone knows that. So that that's very good that you're bringing it up. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself and your own personal challenges before the death of Christopher and how the death of Christopher has encouraged a new third career, which really might be the most fulfilling of your life.
1: Oh, I'm sure. It's... it's it's just gotten off the ground, and it's already the most fulfilling of my life. Um, you know, Cheryl, I was the youngest of ten kids. I was from a blue-collar family in Buffalo, New York, uh, a loving, dysfunctional family. Um, you know that that uh, you know I knew that I was loved from from a very early age. You know, so um, but I, you know, like everything else, pursued what I thought were the important aspects of of, of life. Um, and it was only through, you know, I, I'm 33 years sober, Cheryl. I had, uh, like many, you know, Catholic or, uh, Catholic families, alcohol had had a strain that ran through it, and yes. uh, and I found, even though I was, in, I went to 13 years of Catholic school, and but I found spirituality and a loving heavenly Father through recovery. You know, my old pal, my my best pal, Al Conrad, who uh, we we met freshman year in high school. You know, he found that same awakening through the loss of his his beloved wife Debbie through cancer 14 years ago. So, you know, I think you know, God shows up when he's most needed. And so, I had at least an you know spiritual background, you know, that I believed in a, in a loving. I had a loving dad, so it was either easier for me to envision a loving heavenly father. You know, when, when Christopher crossed over, those first three or four days were, were very dark, and I was, you know, literally just trying to get everything done, and, and I was kind of sleepwalking. And I would hit my knees in the morning or in the evening, and I would thank God for my sobriety, for my family. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but I would say, you know, but I'm P.O.ed. You took my kid. That's Canada. all right. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, a couple days in, I got a message from back, and the message was, I didn't take your son. You know, your son's recklessness and free will caused him to cross early, and I welcomed him home. Mm. Um, But I don't move people around like chess pieces, you know. And he said, Remember, I lost a son, too. So I think at that point, I understood that I had an ally, you know, uh, helping me trudge through these difficult times as opposed to, you know, uh, some kind of cosmic judge pushing uh, around chess pieces. So it certainly opened up my spiritual life.
0: Beautiful. And, you know, the truth is we have free will and we can make choices, but we do come with a plan, I believe, Yeah. and the choices we make sometimes change. Our destiny for a bit, but not too much. I really don't believe anything's random. I think the people we're meeting, the places and work we're doing, and the story is something our soul opted for. Like, uh, we made a plan before we came for the people who would be there, who we might marry, and, and children we might have, and experiences like alcoholism. And by the way, it was in your genetic code. And when you yeah. took that first drink, you turned on a switch just like a analogy i just did a show the other day with mark treitler who's also a recovering alcoholic and he wrote this book uh with his daughter for young people to know because if you know if you have knowledge you can make a better choice you can choose not to take that first drink
1: you know it's funny because what i've learned through recovery is where most people take that first drink and it's a nice little buzz you know a guy who's you know, who's hardwired like me takes the first drink, and it's the Fourth of July with Roman candles and fireworks right. going right. up So I always wanted to go back to it where everybody else could just walk away. Right. You know? So, but I, I I've always felt even before Chris crossed over that being an alcoholic, you know, God made me or impressed me with the DNA to be an alcoholic because that gave me a roadmap back to my heavenly Father. You know, so exactly. it was only th- through recovery that I find true spirituality, you know, and and, you know, I said the prayer of St. Francis every day for three years in high school and I and I just did it by rote. It meant nothing yet. Now I can take every line from it and it can be a mantra, you know, so, you know, that, that's called a spiritual awakening. and I've been grateful yes. to have had a few in my life. Um
0: it's Mm -hmm. only through the personal experience that the imprint is made strongly on our soul energy we can't right. read we can't necessarily read about it and know it we have to actually feel it and every experience when taken in the right way is neither good nor bad it's just right. the experience that we need to grow and now let's go on to when you were meeting with mediums since chris's right. death you kept very good notes did you know right. you would eventually write a book
1: that's a great question and the answer is flat out no I kept copious notes. That's a pretty good word for a blue-collar kid from Buffalo. I kept very good notes uh, because I wanted to have something that at some point sitting on a porch with a cigar and a rocking chair, I could look back on it and, and review. I had no idea that both Chris and the universe had a plan for me that involved taking these notes and turning them into a book. I was a year and two months into it when I got the And I got the call that said, you know, know, write write this down, you know. And then Christopher continued to stay with me, saying things like, you know, you've got to work on that book. This work's going to help people. You've got to give it away to keep it.
0: You you know, know, you got it straight from Chris, but.
1: I got it straight from Chris. He'd harass me. He'd harass me, Sherilyn. I I know how it can be. I'd be down. I'd feel bad. And he'd say, "Hey, Dad, you you can't go you can't go into the rabbit hole. You got to help people. <laughs> you know, get
0: going." Well, then, I uh,
1: how's my book?
0: <laughs> you know, I understand it because when I first started my healing and mediumship work, I was told. See, I've always met people along the way who give me a lot of direction and and. You know, pigeonholed me onto the next part of the journey. And, you know, I have a lot of coincidences and synchronicity. And um, another medium told me to journal all the events so that as I would look back over the stories, I would see my progress and all the many connections. And I wrote my book, Life is No Coincidence, the Life and Afterlife Connection and the Living Spirit taken from all these journals. And my next book, New Life Awaits, Creating Your Best Afterlife by Living Consciously Now, is the culmination of my many years as an intuitive healer, medium, and years of hospice work. So,
1: but you thought you were just taking notes, didn't you? You know, the Greeks used to say that man plans and God's laugh.
0: Well, I thought it would help me just see my development. But, but when I learned that there was life and there was no death, there was eternal life it was at uh, 20 years ago at a spiritual retreat in barbados and i went up to one of the teachers robert brown he's a medium from england and i said to him what am i supposed to do with this knowledge it's the best thing i ever learned i have to share it with everyone so right. he says he said to me well come to my next event <laughs> in other words keep learning yeah but
1: yeah and and the thing is you know i'm only when I finished the book, I was, you know, literally it was events up to the first two years, and so, and I finished it, as I was told by my son to finish it before Father's Day of 18, and I finished it a couple weeks ahead of time, and uh, and so it, at this point, you know, January 3rd was the third year anniversary, so uh, you know this is all still brand new to me uh, you know I know you I,
0: you actually wrote this book I, I i noticed how quickly you did it from the time of his passing it's taken me longer to do my three books so i'm very proud of you i think you did well, a great you know job i
1: think if, if there's any indication it's kind of like taking credit for being sober
0: you know, okay. Like people
1: congratulate you, when you say it's really a gift. And this, like that, I mean, every keystroke, every paragraph was my son with me. Uh, you know, it was he was involved in every one. And so, uh, you know, I am not knowing any better. I didn't realize that writing a book in in a year and a couple of months um, was amazing. all unique. It is. And I also I also didn't know that getting it published in six months was uh, you know off the wall too so <clears throat> i didn't know what i didn't know and because of that i think christopher was able to move things around from the other side and and get this worthwhile Peace published.
0: Everything is timing. Everything comes yeah. in the right time. And if we're patient and we continue to grow ourselves from within, from our soul, instead of expecting the outside world to give us or take us, you know, we'll be a lot better off. And that's the yeah. point of this show to help people realize the power, the personal power that they have within them to make connections to people here on this earth and people we love up in spirit. So now that's let's. Perfect. Perfectly
1: put, perfectly put.
0: Thank you. Did you buy into mediums from the very beginning? Was there ever a concern about fraud at any time in the process? Now, I think you got started with your first psychic medium when you were kind of young, in the 1980s.
1: Yeah, my favorite sister, by the way, who transitioned a few days ago, and Chris was there to meet her, but my favorite sister, who was Christopher's godmother, um, we lived in D.C. She, you know, she lives in the suburbs, I was in the city, and, you know, and so, uh, there was a few of, the, of us in, in, in D.C. So her and I went, and just on a lark, went to, uh, a tarot card reader in a medium, and, uh, in in, 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 in DuPont Circle. And, and it was really kind of amazing because I was there and, and, uh, a girl that I was dating was, went back home. To figure out if we were going to still keep dating or not, and and uh, and as I said in the book, you know, the answer was no. But I think it was more because I was a terrible boyfriend than <laughs> than the face, you know. But she came out, and this was kind of interesting because Marsha came out, and, it, and by the way, she, the medium said, "You, this woman is surrounded by three sides by water right now," right. and she was on, and she was on Cape Cod making a decision, and and I was out, and, uh, and Marsha came out and, and thought it was all hooey because she said. Marsha was in her mid 40s. She had, you know, two teenage kids. She'd been divorced, raised the kids on her own. She was done. And she said, The woman said, I'm going to have 12 kids. And I said, (laughs) Well, that, that that widow you're dating, Tom, you know, how many kids did she have? She had 10. Now the There impact, it was. You know, <laughs> yeah, it was. And she didn't, wasn't it wasn't like the Brady Bunch where she took over. You know, most some of them were married or in college, but she was the stepmother for 10 and the mother for two, and that's your dozen. So that was our first exposure. The next one for me was around 2000. And I think I was just looking for life's answers. I don't know what the heck I was doing, but... Um, I, I I got well, room.
0: you know you did refer- say that and 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 really, a medium is not only to help people uh, make a connection to a loved one in spirit. A medium is a guide who can help you answer life questions and who right. can and who can help you feel your own soul energy and know your own yep. life path so I like that you said that in the book but let's yeah go, yeah let 's go on to. So even before Christopher passed, you had a good feeling about the afterlife and a strong faith. Well, this is that faith. one
1: medium. That yeah. one medium I, I I sought out, and my dad came through. And the entire session was kind of mundane because, to be honest with you, Cheryl, there was no intensity. I, everybody had kind of died when they were supposed to. Or my one brother left early, but we weren't real close, so I didn't have this hunger. But... At the end of the session, she said, your dad is here. He's showing me a caboose and telling you railroad. And that was it. We were a railroad family. I'm looking at a a Canadian Pacific Railroad lantern on my bookshelf right now. Mm -hmm. That's our culture. We were a railroad family. All five boys worked on the railroad, my uncle, my grandfather. So all this was, and and Dad didn't come through and give me any answers. All, All Iron Joe was telling me was that he's on the other side and he's there for me.
0: And, 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 and you six, and you knew it to be true, you see. Right.
1: At that point in time, I knew it was true. I filed it in my mental file cabinet and drew upon it 16 years later when my son didn't come back from a, a canoe outing. You
0: know? Well, that's good you had that experience. It was. But um, as a follow-up, you went to that same medium after Chris passed, and she told you that Chris was an indigo child, Now, indigo children, for people who are listening, many people might know it, are highly intuitive, sensitive souls who generally work as healers, teachers, authors, and simply good-natured people. I'm an indigo child. All right. Yeah. And your son was an indigo. Sometimes indigo children are diagnosed because they're so sensitive to energy and so fast moving that they might be a t- have a t- attention deficit disorder or. <laughs> yeah, but really, I don't like labels for anybody. Because-
1: Do you remember what she told me? What the A D D stood for? he told me in that reading that add stood for that he answers to a different dimension yes and so and so he did
0: and there it is and so yeah. they're very gifted people in their own way that, but sometimes yes. people just 80% of the population are not as sensitive to energy so they don't understand it but they're right. things are improving more and more people beginning to understand it so let's and go it's on it's
1: obvious that this kid had that connection because He's able to connect with me from the other side.
0: Right. And you have it also. You have a sixth sense that's very developed also.
1: Yeah, well, I've been, I've been told I have eighty ADD to myself, so that's okay.
0: <laughs> okay, that's great. Now, you had a beautiful quote in the book from Rumi, who I love. And I'm always happy to see a quote from him. Goodbyes are only for those who love with their eyes, because for those who love with heart and soul, there is no such thing as separation. Now, separation is what most religion emphasizes And many things in life emphasize separation. And that's what causes so much pain and sorrow and suffering. There is no separation. Our soul energy and our physical life, we're all connected to each other and to spirit. And it is in knowing that that we go beyond the separation and return to our natural state of well-being and peace and joy and happiness. Now, um, writing... Had to keep you in grief a little bit, did you For ever sure. consider just walking away from it
1: no because and it does i mean there's to this day i mean this morning you know going through a because i'm going to go to my sister's you know services my and my whole family you know my my two kids are in college, and they're both they wouldn't miss it my my son's going to be probably on the airplane. Almost as long as he's going to be on the ground, you know. To, but he wants to be there for his aunt Marcia, so uh, you know. So that there was never an, a, a thought, you know. So this morning, I, I you know, my, my wife sent me a picture of Christopher and, and Marcia, and I just had a mini breakdown. And and the truth of the matter is, I'm more attuned to that and more sensitive to that because I'm constantly in that connection with him. Yes. But the alternative so the alternative is leading a life without a connection to him and 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 that would be a travesty oh that i
0: don't think it. you can do that anymore i couldn't i, I couldn't you do know, it and so cuz you're open I to pay, it yeah you're open to the price
1: to it. i pay the pain that i feel sometimes the price I pay is so well worth it. You know, I got to tell you, people would come up to me all the time when, after Chris passed, and and, and very thoughtful, loving people, and they would say, you know, I, I feel so sorry that you have lost your son. And I and I and I finally <laughs> addressed the group and said, look, I got to be his dad for 21 years right. on his side. You know, so don't pity me. I feel sorry for you because you didn't get that gift.
0: You see, I, so fe- that- I find it hard to say sorry because I know they're okay. And I know they're they're better than okay. Right, they're living, and they're free of whatever pain. They're healthy. They're with people they love. Uh, They're they're learning. They're free of judgment. Yes, yes. free of pain. So I I find it a little hard because I've always sort of known there was more. I just couldn't express it as well as I do now. Now, you say after a reading uh, with Nancine, Chris showed you, When he was in the water, how there was a little bit of panic, but no pain or suffering, and his spirit was pulled quickly from his body. Now, I as a medium have experienced this several times when people were passing and how quickly it was and i um, have a story of michael who was nineteen who died in a motorcycle accident and that very same day i was asked by the family to do a reading some mediums feel it's too soon to do it but because i was asked I said, anything I'm asked to do by spirit, I'm going to do. I don't have any preconceived ideas of what I can or can't do. I just will try to help the best I can. And I did that reading. It was a very, very powerful reading. And he showed me his lifting up from his body from the motorcycle how he passed how people came to help him and his his head was cradled under um, someone's jacket and he had no pain it was so fast he saw the light beings and and it's pretty much like what your son experienced and it's a wonderful thing not to have to go through you know a long illness or mm, you know suffering so in a way that's that's a good way of passing and
1: you know, what we were told by, I, I just, even the last couple of weeks, I talked to a, a wonderful medium out of New York, Tony Russo, and she was amazing, and and she said, Chris said, you know, Dad, I was never lonely, I was with my friends, mm-hmm. you know and he always wanted to be with his friends, okay. so he crossed with his friends. I know my niece Carrie helped cross him over, you know, and he 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 was immediately surrounded by by McQuillans. I mean, nobody circles the wagons like we do on either side of this veil, you know. So I know that 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 you know we've been told by three or four mediums, all the same story about his crossing, all the same story about his crossing. Yeah, know? so that's reassuring.
0: Yes, it is definitely very re- reassuring. After this process. Well, we know, I know what your thoughts and fears as well as your loved ones surrounding death are. Uh, so what I want to say is, in my first book, Life is No Coincidence, during my own awakening process, which led me to develop this healing mediumship um, ability to connect to spirit in meaningful ways, I, I wrote this. This expansion of my understanding of God or universal energy has shown me there is an afterlife. My time on earth is simple one experience in a greater eternal dimension knowing that removes all fear of death and consequently dispels the fear of living i believe god offers me multiple lifetimes to work out difficult relationships from former associations my life is not random accidental gatherings of acquaintances but a planned interconnectedness of people i need to meet coincidences align me and place me where I belong on my life path I am affected by all people past, present and future both in the spiritual relationships of my soul and in the physical encounters where I have constant opportunities to learn to truly honor others and to respect the God within each of of them
1: that's beautiful
0: thank you very much but this is what you have learned also and, you know, it's funny.
1: And,
0: you know, he told me one thing
1: that Chris told me in in, in our settings and our spirit writing sessions is that he said, "Look, Dad, when I crossed, it was a surprise. It was a bit of a shock." He said, "The learning curve will be a lot less for you because what I'm telling you, I'm I'm giving you the clues. I'm telling you what it's like, you know." And so, part of the things that I really want people to get out of the book. Is is you know what the next deal is, and that will prevent it should prevent any fear. You know, I I've got work to do, Cheryl. I've got to get this book done. I'm doing a second book. This is kind of like when you said about the third phase. This is it for this is what I need to do, and I'm being pushed to do this. But if but if God tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, sport, time to come home,
0: it's time to go.
1: <laughs> then it's time to go. You know, right. and. I get to go to paradise. I get, I get to reacquaint on an either even more intimate level with my son, Chris. So, you know, I'm not ready, but if it's time, I'll go. You, you know, know go, what?
0: In, I'm ready. In, in a way, I think Chris, his plan was partially to leave earlier so you could have this part of your journey shows that and this discussion today shows that so I want to thank you Joe McQuillan author of my search for Christopher on the other side for the honest and brave way you have navigated what many think to be a loss and you have found the truth possibly that there is no loss, just a change in dimension, just the progression of life right. from here to beyond, in the energy of eternal soul life, and that love is a continuing force that keeps souls together, bound in an eternal right. creation of knowing who we are, where we come from, and how to proceed past fear, fear and challenges to the freedom of peace. For more That's and f- beautiful. For more information on finding these truths, (laughs) go to Amazon.com. Now, in summarizing today's show, Joe has provided questions and answers that produce a first-hand way of navigating such a difficult, at first seemingly unsurvivable loss, that of a child, a son a friend and then finding a way to realize that the physical life is but one aspect of the creative nature of energy and eternal soul life and that nothing is lost since in the experience we realize they are never far away and through this realization we gain new insights higher consciousness by journeying through the world of the physical in search of our inner soul essence And may find, truly find, our dear ones, our loved ones, are nearer than we ever thought in conquering our fear and sorrow and in learning acceptance, while allowing the flow of life in all its forms, we truly raise our own energy vibration to higher levels of awareness, joy, compassion, and love. And perhaps that is the real purpose of a physical life. While we all hope to have our loved ones with us, perhaps forever in the physical world, that is not possible. But as Joe and I have learned, through transcending time and space and receiving the messages and energy of loved ones life is but a dream of unending quality and we must surrender at times to the needs of each soul to know when it is their time to move to the next level of their eternal development for Joe and I hope many of our listeners find and hold the knowingness of eternal life and that this will sustain them we ask for help from spirit To give out our healing energy to those as they open their hearts and minds to these truths. Joe and I would have you find people who work with the energy of life and beyond if you are dealing with grief and loss no one has to be alone as our loved ones in spirit are always around us when we simply think of them or utter their name but mediums may help you discover this more securely so continue to search and eventually find that this truth is the only truth worth holding in your heart love is divine and eternal I am Cheryl Glick host of Healing from Within and I invite you to visit my website CherylGlick.com to hear and read about leaders and authors in the field of metaphysics, science, spirituality, religion, medicine, energy healing, the arts and music. Search for answers to age-old questions of our human and divine connections. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvisions7radio.com. Thank you.